It's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider with Jeff Franklin, Stephen McFadden, Meg Herber, and Bill Petrie. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. The Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Jeff, Stephen, Meg, and Bill. And welcome to yet another edition of the Industry Insider Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Bill Petrie. We'll get to the other folks here in just a second. But first, I want to say a huge thank you to our sponsor in Next Level Apparel. We all know that Next Level is synonymous with high-quality, fashion-forward t-shirts, tank tops, and fleece. But as 2020 begins, they're calling it the year of the Next Level. And so we're already here. We are here in the year of Next Level. They're rolling out uh, an updated brand aesthetic and relaunching their website to reflect those changes. And chief among them are some brands new garment styles, the, the highly anticipated first unisex item in the Ideal Collection, the 1800. It's a fashion-forward short-sleeve unisex t-shirt that's made of uh, carded ring-spun cotton, available 19 colors, and perfect, perfect for any type of decoration you want to put on it. They're motivated by making customers' lives better and easier when our customers win you win. And that's awesome. It's a great way to approach business. So go ahead and visit them at nextlevelapparel.com. You're not going to be sorry you did. Now, I did mention we have some co-hosts, as we always do on this fine, fine platinum-level broadcast. With me today is the lovely and talented Stephen, uh, sorry, <laughs> Jeff <laughs> Jeff Franklin. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> and the equally lovely and talented Meg Erber. Hey, guys. But we do not have the lovely and talented Stephen McFadden. He is otherwise occupied today, unfortunately, so he is wah, missing wah, out wah. on a great dis- – yeah, I know. Let's all <laughs> shed some crocodile tears for Stephen. We are going to talk about PPI Expo. We're going to recap that. Now, last week you heard on the podcast, uh, Jeff, Stephen, and uh, Meg were able to do a live podcast on the show floor. I unfortunately couldn't attend that. So today we're going to talk about recapping PPI Expo. Jeff, why don't you start us off with that? Yeah, no problem at all. I thought it was a, a really great show. Like I, you know, we talked about last week uh, in the podcast live from the show floor. Uh, and coming back, I think you know now we've actually got some stats from the show, and we can sort of sh- share and dive into that a little bit. But uh, you know, record-breaking numbers. Uh, obviously, you know some of the pre-reg numbers could have been um, you know or could lend itself to them you know starting to charge for uh, registration at the show floor. Uh, but I mean, the the show was busy for sure. Uh, it was a sold out show floor as far as exhibitors go. Um, just a phenomenal, phenomenal show. Awesome, Meg. What about you? I think it was probably the best show to date, and I've been doing this for many years. And I just think the amount of content was there. It mm-hmm. it was just different from every year. So people really took pride in their booths this year. Uh, as far as the events that took place, um, I know I personally did the goat yoga just to try it, and it was so fun. And, you know, I just had some networking time to do with customers that were just parked right next to me with goats on their back, you know? Mm-hmm. I guess now they can say the best uh, the best business isn't done on the golf course, but it's done on a goat yoga mat. Awesome. For sure. Yeah, we had a good, uh, we had a real good expo. It's always challenging for us. We don't have products, so I don't have a ton of, you know, a, a ton of things in our booth. And so the the general thing we try to do every year is try to create a spectacle um, and, and get people there. So we actually had a we we celebrate our twenty first birthday. Uh, so twenty twenty is our twenty first birthday. We we so we had a bar in our booth, um, which proved to be very popular around three o'clock when beer was <laughs> delivered. So uh, I was there for a couple. 
couple. You and were I there for a it. couple. <laughs> I missed it all. I was way too busy. Yeah. Yeah. No. So from our perspective, you know, we we you know we use that show to target our distributor product, which is Promo Plus. Uh, it's designed to help distributors automate their marketing at kind of a you know at a lot less than uh, time and energy and uh, cost than it would be if they did it themselves and so we had a ton of people uh, in our booth which was really cool to see and I, I felt like the show itself had a had a I don't know how I put this a, a, a more upbeat vibe this year than it has in previous years did you guys feel that yeah definitely yeah. did everyone yep I think so. Now, one thing I would like to say, though, is that it, it, after the shows, they always send um, – I, I think it's Daryl. He always sends out a, uh, a survey for yeah. the exhibitors, at least. I don't know yep. if, the, if the distributors get that as well. I but don't, they get a different one. So as a distributor, you get a different survey. It doesn't necessarily come from Daryl. Um, I forget who it comes from. But so the one that all three of us got as exhibitors, very different than the ones that distributors get. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I saw on the survey, and I actually took a screenshot of it, um, but it, you know they're asking about all these different things that because I know that they're now tracking like the badges and stuff like that, and they're yep. you know trying to move uh, certain things on the show floor like the whole the puppies and all that good stuff. So uh, I'm kind of disappointed because we we use I don't know like how that information is being sent out to the exhibitors. Right. Uh, and Bill, maybe you could fill me in on that because next year I want to make sure that I don't miss out on that because we usually uh, we use you know Sage Show Link for our scans. Right. So I don't know if there's like if it's on the lead retrieval that they do for the show or like how that information's being divvied out to people. But I hate that I'm missing that stuff because it's so stuff, cool. The pop up stuff. Yeah. Same. Well, you gotta. Same. I think. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Same with you, Meg. Yeah. No. I I missed. I almost missed goat yoga completely. Look. I, I again, I missed stuff too. And one of the pop-up areas was very close to where our booth was located. That stuff, from my understanding, and, and we'd have to get Daryl uh, to verify this, but I'm, if I remember correctly, that stuff's really geared toward distributors. So the way they use that is they actually have like a heat map of the entire show floor that they're able to monitor based on where people are, and more importantly, where they're not. And so they will put those pop-ups where people aren't. Right. And they and my and they push it through the Sage app so people who are walking the show get those uh, updates. I don't know, you know, it's really not targeted for us, sadly, us as exhibiting um, people. There are some things, though, that are supposed to be used for the exhibitors because I, I just went back to the screenshot here and I'm looking at it. So one of the things is the attendee analytics. So the ability to feature uh, or filter scan traffic by dwell time at your booth and then uh, attendee qualifications, attendee product needs matched your product line, sales volume per individual, etc. And then the other thing is, um, well, the, show, the, the floor pop-ups like you had mentioned and then also uh, prospect attendee alerts. So uh, you can actually get an alert apparently if if there's somebody in you know that's within a certain proximity of your booth, you know when they're coming, so that you can sort of keep an eye out for them and try to drag them into the booth. I think it's beautiful technology, right? But I hope that they are able to, you know, and maybe they are doing it, and I'm just blind. Um, mm-hmm. But I would love to know how we can then take advantage of that. And I'm sure if I'm thinking it, then other people are thinking it as well, right? Because um, I think it's great technology and is is a huge benefit for the exhibitors. I just want to be able to take advantage of it next yeah, time. Yeah, me too. I didn't even know. I didn't even see any of that. So yeah, and I yeah, that would be a conversation again for Daryl or someone at PPAI because I don't know beyond what they're doing, which is the driving the value because you know the goal is they want to drive value for exhibitors, right? They want you 
as SNS Activewear, or you, Jeff, as Headwear USA, they want you to have as much traffic as your booth as possible mm-hmm. so that when it's time to sign up for Expo 2021, you think you don't even give it a thought because the value far exceeds the cost. So I, I don't know what they're planning on doing, if they're planning on doing anything beyond that. But, cool. you know, so what changes would you guys like to see in the show, though? I think this is always a good time to kind of look at that as well. Go ahead, Meg. Oh, man. <laughs> Jeez, man, what changes? I, to be honest with you, I here's the thing. I get up, I go to some, you know, I did the goat yoga, I go to my booth, I am there till 5 p.m., and I don't stop talking the entire time. Mm-hmm. I loved that they had these water stations. I yep. loved that. I love how everybody is, is on this big push for sustainability and then actually seeing people use it and... You could, you could definitely, um, there was like a little counter and it was telling you how many water bottles or plastic water bottles Mm -hmm. you kept out of landfills and all that stuff, which was like really cool to see. I wouldn't, I don't know if there's anything I would change. I mean, it just, it was like, this was probably the best one that I've ever been to. So I, right now, maybe if I hear you guys say something, I'll jump in, but I wouldn't change anything. I mean, adding more network events. Um, maybe, like I said, I keep going back to the goat yoga, but I miss, I almost missed that. The only reason is because I reached out to Ronnie Wright, who we all know is mm-hmm. like this big yogi. And I'm like, Hey, are you going to be doing it there? Da, 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 da. And she said, yeah, Brittany said that we're going to have this goat yoga or llama yoga or something. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm in. So I only found out through word of mouth. Um, otherwise I would have completely missed that. But those type of events, I would definitely like to see more opened up to distributors and suppliers and it be more well-known. Apparently it was on the schedule, but like I said, as a supplier, I'm not necessarily looking at those schedules. I know I have to be at my booth. Right, right. So Jeff, what would you, it's great stuff, by the way, it, 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 Meg, definitely. Jeff, what would you like to have changed at the show? Um, I mean, I know one of the things that I've always said in years past is that, um, you know, that last day typically seems to drag on. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's actually something that they did change this year because yes. I feel like that last day was shortened by an hour or two this year. Is that true? Or am um, I just dreaming that? I think it's always been 2 o'clock. Maybe it was 3 o'clock before, but, you know, they okay. may have shortened it a little bit. Yeah, so I, I mean, don't, I, thought, I don't know I, off the top of my head. So. Yeah, I'm, I should probably go back and look. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> no, but I think it was because we all thought it was like 3 or 3.30, and then we're like, oh, we've got like 10 minutes left, and the show's over. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. It definitely was a little shorter this year. All I know is that it, everything seemed to fly by this year, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, time flies when you're having fun, uh, which means, you know, obviously they're doing a really good job at keeping things uh, fun, hip. The pop-ups are a great idea because, like you said, Bill, they're just trying to keep the show floor busy at all sure. times. Uh, the only thing that really you could do, in my opinion, and I, and I said this actually in my survey response as well, is that, you know, just more more attendees. And, mm-hmm. you know, I say that, and it's like, well, how many more can you really get? Because I know they had over 13,000 pre-reg, uh, right. over wow. 4,300 companies. So, you know, yeah, you could get more for sure. But, I mean, yeah, it's it's already the largest show that you can possibly go to. Like, if you would if you would put all of your eggs in one basket and only could do one show, it would have to be Expo Vegas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I, I can't really think of much else. I mean, it, PPAI does such a good job with the, their, you know, foresight and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to strategically project what's, what's coming and what's happening to try to get in front of those and make those changes. So, mm-hmm. uh, I would just say kudos to them for doing everything that they have. I mean, it's, it's a tremendous show. Awesome. Well, I, I, so leave it to me. I've got something I'd like to see change. Okay. Um, first of all, 
I think exactly what you said before. I, I want to preface my remarks because I always get in trouble when <laughs> I say stuff. I don't think there's a better run trade show than PPAI Expo. Period. End of discussion. Slow mm-hmm. clap. That's not to say that there can't be improvements. And right. the one I want to see desperately is I think I'm tired of seeing suppliers or exhibitors, in my case, because I'm not a supplier, I'm a service provider. I'm tired of seeing service providers and exhibitors and suppliers and whomever shut out of education. Mm. You have Education Day on Monday, which is where about 85% of the education takes place at that show. That is the setup day also for suppliers. So for a supplier to go to any education session is damn near impossible. Yeah. And it drives me nuts. The people who fund the industry can't take advantage of the quote-unquote free, I would say they're paid for, education sessions that are put on. And I've banged this drum for years now, and it's just getting to me, for me, kind of a boiling point. I don't understand why, you know, we talk about the show hours. We talk about the last day of the show. And, yeah, it is all, the last day of the show is always rough. If you had a one-day show, the second half of it would be rough. It's just, it's just the way it would be. Yeah. If you have a five-day show, the fifth day would be rough. Yep. I would love to see, and I, and again, I don't know. I'm hopefully someone's looked at this, but I'd love to see something like why couldn't we have uh, the show open on Tuesday like it normally does? Let's say nine thirty to five, but on Wednesday, why couldn't it open at eleven or eleven thirty and have a couple hours of focused education for suppliers? I think that would be awesome. I definitely do. The, I, and and then and then you have the show day. Hold on, let me finish. And then Jeff, I absolutely want to hear what you have to say because I'm sure there are things I'm not thinking about. And then for Thursday, maybe you do extend the show till about three thirty or four o'clock. You you get those hours back, but it would allow suppliers to attend education. And it just I, I don't know. There's got to be a solution. Maybe that's not it. But I got to believe there's one. Jeff, you were about to say something. I apologize. Yeah, no, you're totally fine. And I was not really saying anything that you weren't already thinking anyways. But I, I would also agree that, you know, I think a lot of the education is mostly distributor central um, or just distributor uh, focused. Uh, I, I would actually love to see, you know, there be more supplier focused education classes as well. Um, typically, I mean, I... I would agree with you. I mean, I think it's rough, you know, for the the setup day. I mean, I know they have the entire weekend basically that you can set up, but a lot of people don't go in early. No. For the last couple of years, I've actually been going in, um, you know, me and usually, excuse me, one or two other people from sure. my team come in on like the Saturday. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for various other reasons. But I know on Sunday, you know, I was just tied up with a bunch of volunteer stuff with PPAI, sure. you know, on a couple I. different committees and things like that. So, yep. I mean, I couldn't really set up on Sunday. I had to set up on Monday. Exactly. Um, and I think most people are in that boat because from a budgetary perspective, most suppliers are coming in Sunday, setting up on Monday, unless they have, you know, a giant booth that needs 16 people. Yeah. And, I mean, that is the one good thing. Like, I was still able to attend one or two sessions uh, on Monday. Uh, That's great. My, my booth setup doesn't take, you know, super long. It's, you know, hour or two tops. Um but, yeah, I would completely agree. I mean, that's something that definitely could get looked at and, and should hopefully be improved upon. 
Meg, what about you? What do you think? So um, I didn't fly until Monday, but I was told not to fly in any sooner because I wasn't needed. We have a huge booth, like Mm -hmm. a city square block, and we don't put it together. So they don't need us there on Monday, like first thing, or need us there on Sunday. So we're to fly in on Monday. Um, But by the time we get in, the jet lag, the unpacking, the packing, and there's no time for us to hit any educational sessions, but I would like to. And this year was a little different for me. It's just so stupid, but it's like with everything else going on in life, it was the one thing I could control. Right. You say the word challenge to me, I'm like, where where do I start? And I had started this (laughs) Whole30 challenge diet thing with my yoga studio about two weeks before, and I that was dumb, but... You know, I stuck to it the entire trip in Vegas. So maybe that's why it kind of flew by for me because I wasn't drinking and I wasn't hungover and I mm-hmm. kept my voice the entire time. But I, you know, I, I went to Whole Foods one day and stacked my fridge up full of fruits, vegetables, nuts. And, and that, that's what I had to eat most of the time because there wasn't a lot of dietary restricted foods available. Um, so, yeah, I, I like being in on a Monday was just more like, let's make sure you can eat the rest of the week. So I had to go to Whole Foods, obviously. I still can't believe you did that. I did. I, hey, listen, it's it's the one thing I can control right now in this crazy world. So is something I focused on. But, hmm. yeah, I feel great. I feel I actually didn't come home sick and dying and have a lost voice for a week. So it was you're the only nice one. I feel like everybody was sick at Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, there there were a lot of sick people. I, I you know, a lot of people were like, where were you? We didn't see you much in Vegas. And that was absolutely <laughs> by design. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I well, thanks, Bill. I didn't see you. Well, was I didn't see Because I didn't either. want to see people. I mean, I, I was in my booth a lot. And then when I wasn't in my booth, I was on the show floor thanking a lot of our customers and things like that. And then at night, you know, I had, we had two couple team dinners with some clients and then I just pieced out. I, I you know, yeah, I don't. Me too. I had no. I was not in really the mood, quite frankly, to go get hammered or go have more cocktails. I mean, I go. I had my couple cocktails with people uh, work wise. I needed to, and then I, you know, I, I just I can't do that every night anymore. I can't either. It's the hangovers are just so bad. I think it's just us getting old. <laughs> it is us getting old. I just I used to be like you know it's it wasn't a marathon it was a sprint marathon and now it's right. like, I got this I get it I get that it's a marathon and yeah. I enjoyed myself I had a good time but I was in bed by like nine thirty ten I'm such a like, yeah I was person. too I didn't care. So, let me wrap this up. You're kind of getting close to close to the end of our time here. What is the best way? What do, what do you do after expo? So you get home. How how do you get home? When do you get home? Like, do you take the red eye or do you take a flight like that? What do you do to kind of just recharge before you dig into all the follow-ups that you're going to have to do? We can cover the follow-ups on another podcast, but what do you do? Jeff, what do you do? How do you get home? When do you get home? What do you do to recover? What's recharging? Yeah, I, I still haven't that, that recharge button yet. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. So I've done a red eye once, and I refuse to ever do it again. Really? Um, yeah, I had a really bad experience. It was like... I, it was the red. I don't know for whatever reason our show was like the same time as the shot show, and usually the shot show I think mm. is like right after our show yeah. typically. But for whatever reason, it was like the same time. So I got stuck behind or in between in the middle seat in between these two Ooh. huge burly guys that were at the shot show, <laughs> and there was another guy like across the aisle that was using his laptop on like optimum brightness. Like I don't know. I just I couldn't sleep at all, and I was it was just the worst experience. I'll never do a red eye again. Plus Southwest doesn't do red eyes mm. from. Vegas to BWI, and I always fly Southwest. Um, 
as far as recharging, man, uh, there's not really any recharging for me. Um, you know, it's straight from ASI Orlando to Vegas and then straight on the road. And then you've got the regional, uh, traveling, you know, hoopla. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I still haven't really had a break. Um, yeah, I get know. that. It, it is that season. It's yeah. that time of year. Really what about is. you, Meg? I assume it's kind of a similar answer. Uh, similar on the recharging aspect of it, but every yeah. year, you know, I, I have a huge family, and, and it's really hard to be away from them for an extended period of time. Sure. So I, I always take the red eye home just because I'd rather not waste an entire day flying. Time is, is literal money with me and mm-hmm. away from my family. So I take the red eye home. And this year was a little difficult, though. My daughter is a is a volleyball player and very competitive club league, and she actually had a tournament in Harrisburg. So took the red eye home, took a quick nap, and then had to go straight out to Harrisburg, a three-hour drive, and I was there till Monday. Mm. I come home Monday, um, do, you know, doing just straight follow-up work till like probably 10 or 11 o'clock. And then the next morning, unfortunately, I'd, I had to take my daughter to school, which isn't the unfortunate part, but... My niece was involved in a very tragic accident, and she was, she's was she been in the hospital nonstop since then. So any time that I wasn't working, I was spending at the hospital. So I you know, pretty much had, didn't eat or sleep for the first week after Vegas. And now I'm obviously starting to play a little bit of catch-up, and her, the time there isn't as frugal. It's, I don't need to be there 24-7. But, so, yeah, leading up to it, I've, I literally have not had a chance to recharge at all. What yeah, do you do to recharge, Bill? Well, I'll, I'll <laughs> yeah. answer a second. I was actually going to bring up uh, just real quick, Meg, if you want to give the Reader's Digest version of what happened to your niece, which is tragic, and how people can help out. Um, I know you've been very um, uh, open on social, which is not the easiest thing to do in, in a traumatic situation. Definitely. Uh, if you're comfortable sharing that. If not, then we can edit this out. Yeah, I'll just talk about it really quickly. But she was walking to school um, the high school's on one side, the middle school's on the other side of the road, and as she was crossing the street within the crosswalk, a car that was speeding in the school zone hit her. Um, they didn't think she was going to make it the first 24 hours. I mean, she had broken bones from her tib-fib, her pelvis, um, lacerated bladder, collapsed lung, paralyzed diaphragm, and then the, the amount of skull fractures have left her with DAI, which is diffuse axonal injury. We're looking at a three-month time period in the ICU slash hospital. And after that, she's got a very huge recovery time as far as rehab is concerned. But every day, I mean, it's been an absolute miracle. We feel each and every one of your prayers and I'm like shaking again, just thinking about it because we, everybody has been so kind and understanding to us during this time uh, and and we needed it. It's a real tragic situation. Um, And and I, as I shared with you, Meg, um, I've kind of been through that. Unfortunately, my brother-in-law was got hit by a car as a pedestrian and and, and passed away mm. um so, so I, I absolutely understand exactly what you're going through how can people help if they want to help um well we've had we have a couple of fundraisers going on but the one that's going to be ongoing um actually a client reached out to me and, and had a similar situation and she said her brother-in-law had started this website it's kind of like a gofundme um i do feel like in these type of personal and tragic uh, instances that gofundmes are very like impersonal and they they show how much money is donated and then you have weirdos and all kinds of people coming out of the wood the woodwork so i tried to keep away from that and the website that she did is give in i'm sorry give in kind.com and if you just search sophia strong or if you go to my facebook or any of my social media pages i do have the link at the top of the page but it is giveinkind.com. 
Awesome. Thanks, Meg, for sharing that. Thank you for allowing um, me to, Bill. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So, Jeff, I'm sorry. You would ask what I do. So, I like you. Um, well, not like you. I've, I've been taking the red eye for the last couple of years, um, and I'm going to stop. Uh, this year completely thrashed me mm. um, in ways that just it hadn't before. For whatever reason, it just uh, – I usually take the red eye Thursday night, um, and my flight didn't leave till 1.35 a.m. Vegas time, which is 3.35 you know, central time where I live. Flew to Dallas, hit my connection, got home, and it literally took me three days to recover. Just and I think and I think it would only been one day had I just slept in Vegas, gotten up Friday morning and flown home. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it uh, and maybe it's just because I'm old. Uh, I don't know, but <laughs> it just took me a while. And then again, you know, like you guys, it, it's not like I get to work Monday and it's low key. Um, it's you hit the ground running. There's a lot of other things to do. You know, there's other shows to go. I'm going to the uh, ASI show in Fort Worth this coming week, or when this podcast drops, you know, a week ago. I, you know, so you've got to prepare for that. And it just the, this is just the weird time of year where things just don't stop, mm-hmm. and there's no time to really, for lack of a better term, recover. So you find little ways here and there uh, to to do what you can. Yep, I agree. Yeah, the first thing, or the one thing that I do do is always take the um, the first flight out on the Friday morning, though. Yeah. So, you know, I'm always, I'm never, I try to get to bed relatively early on Thursday, um, and then, you know, just wake up super early Friday morning, and then take that first flight out. It's usually like 6 a.m., something yeah. like that. So, I still get in on the East Coast around, you know, like 2 o'clock, so it's not like the worst thing in the world, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I, I would much rather do that than the red eye. No, and I totally get that, like I said, I but... It's same thing for me. I just, I don't know, it, because I generally connect. I get home about three thirty mm-hmm. in the afternoon. It's just like my whole Friday is gone. Yeah, it's just, it there's sucks. No, there's no easy way to get home. Yeah, there's no, well, there's no easy way to go from the West Coast to the East Coast ever. I mean, it's you, you always lose that time. It sucks. I hate it. Well, so you know one thing I don't hate. Uh, the good goods at next level. Ah, uh, the good strongs at next level. That nice try. That hard shirt. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, you know that they're syn- next level is synonymous with high quality fashion forward t-shirts, tank tops, and fleece. And this is the year of next level. So you want to learn more about how they motivate, their, how they're motivated by making customers' lives better and easier? Go ahead and visit nextlevelapparel.com. You're not going to be sorry. You did. Guys, thanks so much, and we will talk to you next time. Yep, bye-bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.